Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hi, this is Deborah McDermott on Healing Journeys Today, and I am the mother of two normal, healthy boys, Timothy and James, who were both diagnosed with autism, and praise God, they have both been healed. That's the book I wrote about our journey called Autism Healed, and it's available on Amazon, both in the States and in the UK. Um, If you didn't catch my message last week, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it because it is a good foundation for what I'm going to be teaching on today. Um, And what I'm teaching on today is spiritual authority. Uh, To a quick recap of what uh, I taught last week is um, you cannot discern your spiritual reality based on your feelings. Our truth our reality has to be based on what the word of God says and not on our five senses, our feelings, our emotions. This is really important because we have to be able to walk in our authority, to exercise our authority and use it in everyday life, not just when we are feeling powerful. Once we have decided who we are, and what we have based on what God says about us in the word, then we are able to actually walk in the power and authority that he's given us. Firstly, there is a spiritual war going on. And as believers, we need to be aware of it. It's a battle for our hearts that is being waged. It's continual Every moment of our lives, this battle for our heart is going on. God is drawing us towards righteousness and himself so that his blessings can manifest in our lives. His blessings being love, security, prosperity, uh, peace, healing, the promises of God that are in the word. Whereas Satan is trying to steal people's hearts away from God and fill their hearts with corruption so that we block God's blessings manifesting in our lives. And how that manifests is shame, guilt, envy, strife, poverty, sickness and disease, bearing in mind that the enemy comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life in abundance to the full till it overflows, the Amplified says. We need to realize just how intense and continuous this warfare is so that we live purposefully, knowing that our actions are either contributing to God's agenda or to Satan's agenda. We do want to be aware that Satan's agenda is always an option and that we get to choose whose plans are going to be fulfilled in our lives, either God's or the enemy's. It is our choice based on our words and our actions. And this is the foundation of our personal authority that Christ has given us. So we need to understand the spiritual significance of 
everything going on in our lives. If we think that our circumstances are just natural, that it's just life and we normal life, natural goings on, we will not be aware of the spiritual significance of what's going on around us. We need to be intentional and aware. If we passively ignore the spiritual significance of our circumstances and our actions, we can find that we've been cooperating with the enemy and his agenda without even realizing it. And I have been in that situation and boy, in that particular sphere, it'll never happen again. I have learned my lesson. There is a price to pay. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't know that. That's why I'm so excited about teaching you this so that you can be forewarned and forearmed. Then when our lives are filled with sickness, lack, strife, we just wonder why, why, Lord? I'm telling you why. We need to be aware of the enemy's plans. It's because we've been lulled into a false sense of security that this is all just normal life instead of I am in a battle and what we're seeing in the natural is being um, is, is actually has a spiritual root. There is stuff going on spiritually behind the scenes always. A lot of people think that spiritual authority is about shouting at the devil. Now, there are times when we need to rebuke the enemy. Absolutely. And I will be talking about that as I go further on in a few teachings ahead. But mostly Spiritual authority is about recognizing that every single aspect of our lives, every single minute of the day, is um, a, wa a warfare that is raging in the spiritual realm for our hearts. And unless we're purposefully aware and engaging in this warfare, we are passively submitting to the enemy. For example, most of us will have a person or people in our lives who just rub us up the wrong way. We need to look at that spiritually and identify what's actually going on. We need to see that it's not actually that person that's the problem, but often it's the enemy using them. It's actually Satan at work to gain an inroad into your life and into my life. If we recognize that, we can learn how to respond in such a way that we don't cooperate with his strategy, but we defeat him each time. Uh, you don't, if you don't acknowledge that there is a battle, if you don't believe it or um, you don't recognize it, it doesn't mean it's not going on for you. All it means is that you are going to lose and that the agenda of the enemy is automatically going to come to pass in your life. Once we recognize what's going on, though, then we can learn from the word what action to take to counter all the enemy strategies. Now, this sounds exhausting. It sounds like hard work. Actually, as we renew our mind to the word of God, it just becomes automatic. It becomes a way of life. That is why we have the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. He is our counselor. He is our teacher. And he will teach us and we will learn so that it just becomes the way we live our lives, and we live in peace, but we walk in power and authority and dominion. So when people come against you and are critical with regards to your stance on healing or whatever it is you are trusting God for, and 
I know that this happens. This happens with pastors. I, I had a pastor friend who I loved dearly um, who, who rejected me because he didn't believe healing was for today. And we'd been friends for a long time. And he, he left my life and never came back when I said my boys have been healed of autism. It's amazing the time that people will come against you. So he just quietly retreated. He rejected it and then retreated. But other people have been far more vocal um, especially non-believing family members or otherwise believing family members. Family members, bless their hearts, they do feel that they don't need to restrain themselves. After all, we're family, so I can just let it out. And there does come a time when we're going to say, actually, no. But um, that's that's jumping ahead of myself a little. So we uh, we need to recognize that Satan is using these people in an attempt to get your attention off what God has promised you. When we are, are standing on God's promises and waiting and believing for and starting to walk in the manifestation of everything that he has promised us, we, we, we are so joyful. We're full of positive expectancy and hope and, and God's um promises start manifesting we start walking in the joy that he has promised us the prosperity our relationships start healing you know that um effortless change that andrew talks about in his book but when we read the word of god that it just brings itself to pass in our life all of that is happening but there is resistance and it manifests in people and in our circumstance none of us have the enemy turning up knocking on the door saying i'm angry with you stop reading your bible it always manifests much more subtly than that but we need to always recognize an attack of the enemy however it comes and as I said it's usually through people or circumstances um, they can be pretty mean and you need to realize that Satan is taking advantage of some weak area in their lives in order to hurt you or me then it's easier to deal with bearing in mind that we are committed to not taking offense. We are committed to walking in love and in forgiveness. So it's that much easier to do when we don't look at the people as the enemy, but realize the enemy is working through them. And we don't get angry and bitter with that person, but we are going to need to put some serious boundaries down, which I'll talk about later. Um, you walk in forgiveness, and if they turn around, then the relationship can be reestablished. An example um, was the healing journey of Gina Boop. Now, she and her husband were interviewed by Andrew one of the, very recently at um, Healing is Here from Andrew Womack Ministries. And I presume a whole lot of you have been watching that. It was absolutely marvelous. I have been so blessed and so encouraged. But Andrew was interviewing Gina and her husband and he was saying how vigilant he was in making sure that nobody spoke anything negative over Gina when she was lying in that hospital bed bearing in mind that her situation was dire it was life or death and the doctor's prognosis was very very bad you know she had a very low percent chance of even surviving and if she did survive the chances of of of, of being um, okay, we're very minimal of ever walking again or not or talking again, etc. So if you haven't seen her testimony, do go and see the testimony of Gina Boop. 
But the thing that I want to highlight is how vigilant he and his daughter were at making sure that anybody who walked into that hospital room only spoke in line with the word of God, that they were speaking life and that they were believing for healing. He didn't want any sympathy in that room. He didn't want any sad faces or tears in that room. He would not allow the doctors to speak negatively. He would put them out into the passage and say, if you've got something to say negative about my wife, you do it in the hallway. And what he did during the entire time she was in hospital is either himself, his daughter, or a close family friend would stay by the bedside in order to make sure that nobody would come into that room and speak negatively or bring a negative attitude into that hospital room because it was life or death and he was speaking life over his wife. Um, it's so sweet in the testimony. He says it, he, she is the love of his life. This man was motivated and he wasn't going to pussyfoot around the feelings of other people and in doing so risk the enemy wiping his wife out and taking her, taking her out. And I tell you what, that is so important. Um, I learned the lesson the hard way. When um, I first found out about healing, um, it was through Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and it was in 2007. A year later, the middle of 2008, and my boys are doing great. They're really, they're coming on, they're improving. I'm speaking the word over them. I'm praising God that he is healing my sons just like he promised. And we have progressed to the point where we were able to go out to the park and meet up with other home educating families. And I was just so excited. James was starting to communicate, although not understandably verbally. He was trying to verbalize and making sounds. Um, so we were progressing and I was so excited. And um, we met a, a woman in the park who, who was really nice and her, her, her heart attitude was to be helpful and, and pleasant. And um, she started visiting us at our home with her daughter, who is much the same age as James, um, and had a diagnosis of Asperger's. <clears throat> now, Christopher said to me, Deb, you haven't had friends or social interaction for years. Please don't be too South African. Bearing in mind that South Africans have a reputation for being very forthright. We like to say it like it is. And, um, and that way we step on terms. And especially here in the UK, we come across as quite rude. And he said to me, don't do it. Be polite. So I was on guard to be polite, not offend this person. So she would visit fairly regularly. I'm talking about every second day with her daughter so that the, the kids could play and we could socialize. Um, with this in mind, I'm just going to read Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. He says, we shall condemn. The onus is on us. It is our responsibility when... Um, tongues that rise up against us in judgment, when people speak out against us, that in any way that opposes God's word, that is a weapon formed against us, and it won't prosper as long as we stand up and condemn those words. And that is something that I had not learned. So this lady um, was trained as a teacher, 
and um, she was an, had an understanding of, of, of developmental um, milestones, etc. Bearing in mind, James was quite severely developmentally delayed. But to me, he was about that far away from being perfect. He had progressed so much. But she took my enthusiasm and my hope um, as being possibly naive, perhaps in denial. And even though she was a Christian, she wasn't in the same place as I was as far as believing in healing is concerned. And so she would point out where James had issues and what I should do about it, what I should be doing about trying to get him to talk, what I should be doing about his diet and taking him off dairy and gluten, um, bearing in mind that at this point, he st I was just grateful he was eating anything at all. Nevertheless, she would then go on about behaviors and how they should be adapted. Also, she was very much into homeopathy and she had this box of homeopathic remedies that she carried around with her and watched her child like a hawk and gave her a remedy every time she got too excited or too passive and quiet every time she asked for something savory every time she asked for something sweet every time she played with water um whatever it was that this child was being monitored and being fed drops little pillules and at one time even powder mixed with jam and waved over her head in a teaspoon which I thought was a bit bizarre. Nevertheless, I, I was like, okay, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I've told her what I believe and um, she must do what she wants. But in my attempt to be polite, in my attempt not to hurt her feelings, I just let her talk and decided to just ignore it. I did not condemn those words. And the upshot of it was that within two weeks, James had the most massive regression so that he was worse than before I had even started believing for his healing. And I was devastated. You see, what I didn't realize is that we were in a spiritual battle and it was a war that was being waged right there in my home when this woman was speaking and I was oblivious to it, which means the devil came in and wiped me out. Now, I was upset, I was disturbed and distressed, but do you know the enemy stole a year of my child's life, an extra year, and it was my fault because I had not read the word and I did not understand. My people perish for lack of knowledge, the Bible says in Hosea. I did not understand the extent of the battle and my authority and my responsibility. That is a hard lesson to learn, and it's one I will never forget. I just am really pleased to be able to tell you that now, to know this is life and death, and this is serious. We need to be ruthless with regards, putting boundaries around people on what we will tolerate them speaking over our loved ones, especially when we are believing and standing on God's word for healing, for our loved ones. Now, Matthew 16, 15 to 17. And Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. After this, Jesus went on to explain 
what was going to happen to him. They're going to kill me, and on the third day, I'll rise again. With which Peter rebuked Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this will never happen to you. I'll defend you. We won't allow this to happen to you. Now, Jesus knew that what Peter was saying did not line up to God's will, which basically meant there's only one way. There's God's will or Satan's. So Peter was being inspired and controlled by the devil. Now, it seems that Jesus' response to this was a bit harsh. He said, get behind me, Satan. Peter must have been astonished, <laughs> possibly even offended. But one minute he's blessed for having received marvelous revelation from God. And the next minute he's being rebuked for the words coming out of his mouth <laughs> from the devil. But the word says that we are to be imitators of Christ, Christians, little Christs, followers of Jesus. Jesus is our example of how to recognize and deal with the enemy when he comes against us. We are in a battle and we need to open our spiritual eyes and ears and see what's happening in the spiritual realm and then stand up straight, put your shoulders back and have the courage to say no. Remember, James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. In order to resist the devil, we need to recognize what his strategies are. What is it we are, are, are needing to be aware of in order to resist? We need to be prepared to counter them. The enemy will use people and circumstances to come against us. In many ways, it's quite subtle. It's quite devious. And we don't recognize it because it just seems like normal everyday life. Um, during the time we were walking out, our son's healing, uh, there was a green in front of our house. And the kids, the local kids used to play there. And sometimes James would want to go out and watch the children play. He was about four or five by this stage. But he was very shy and he he, he would... When we were around people, he would go off his legs and want to be carried. And he was getting to be a big boy now. So I would put him on my back, piggyback style. And then he'd peek over my shoulder and watch the children and then duck if they happened to look at him. So we'd go out just to be out and among the kids. And, and he'd just watch them. Now, an old man a few doors down who was a Christian would like to come out and chat. He would like to have a chat. And he was friendly, but he was very negative. He would be complaining about his symptoms. He would be complaining about the government. He'd be complaining about the weather. It was just the way he passed the time of day. It was who he was and how he functioned. Um, but one day he grabbed James's leg and shook it and said, what's wrong with these legs? You should be standing up, young man. You're a big boy now. If you make your mother carry you, she's going to end up with arthritis, pain in her whole body and be in pain like me. <laughs> now I knew better than to let that one go. So I said, there's nothing wrong with his legs. What's more, I will not have arthritis ever, and nor will I live in pain. Thank you very much. And, you know, have a nice day. And I took off. Now, with some people, it's worth saying, okay, this is what you are allowed to say in front of me, and this is what I am believing for, and this is what you can't say, and this is why. But with some people, it's just easier just to avoid them. And that's the strategy I took with this guy. If I saw him, I'd take off in the opposite direction. It is life and death. We need to be really careful 
about that because all the things that are being said are going to be affecting our heart, either for God's agenda or for the enemies. We need to guard our hearts with all diligence. That's what the word says. Now, in Ephesians 6, 10 to 12, um, obviously a very familiar scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. This is referring to demonic powers. There's an authority structure in the demonic realm. But it says we aren't wrestling against flesh and blood. Lots of what goes on in our lives is not just human or natural. When the Bible talks about demon possession, the word used is literally translated demonized. So whether it's translated in the Bible as possessed or oppressed, it's the same word and it means to be controlled by the devil. So um, Christians will often make distinctions between the two, but it's not based on what the scriptures say, because the scripture always just uses the same word, demonized. So whether it's possessed, oppressed or depressed is not really the point. The point is, is that this is coming from the enemy. The enemy is using this person and we need to counter in whether it's their actions or whether it's their words. We need to recognize it's the enemy, not dealing with the flesh and the blood, but dealing with the enemy. So remember, it's not actually your friend, your neighbor, your spouse. <laughs> That's the problem. Anyone who is not aware, who's not paying attention, can be influenced and used by Satan to come against you. You know, when I was new to all this, I would occasionally come out with something. And I remember saying something once and I was like, oh, oops, I don't know where that came from. And Tim looked at me. He was about 14. His head on the side and he said, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> it just makes me laugh, kids. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Okay, I know where that came from. I apologize. <laughs> it makes a difference to the way you respond to people when you know. You can forgive them, but it doesn't mean to say that you're going to tolerate it and put up with it. You are going to put up those boundaries. Um, anyway, I'll give you an example. This is Andrew's book, um, The Believer's Authority, a brilliant book. I would encourage you to read it. And on page uh, six, Andrew gives an example of this. Now, the backstory is, is that Andrew and Jamie and their baby son were on holiday with his mother and the mother had a, was recovering from a cold, and she was kept saying, don't let the baby near me, I don't want him to catch my cold. And Andrew would say, my son is blessed and not cursed, he is healed and not sick, and he will not catch your cold. And then mother would say it again, and Andrew would have to counter it again. And then she would say something like, don't put the baby in front of the air conditioning, it was very, very hot, and they had the baby there to keep cool because it's going to make him sick. And Andrew would say, it's not going to make him sick. He is blessed and not cursed. He is healed and not sick. And then she would do it again and he would counter it again. Anyway, they were spent that night at a hotel and all of them were in one room. And this is what Andrew writes. 
Um, oh, no. So the baby wakes up in the night with croup. There's this barking cough that makes the parent's heart sink. It's an alarming noise. So then Angel would go and pray over the child um, and, and speak the word over him. The child would settle down, go back to sleep, and Andrew would go back to bed. And then he'd get up and do this again every half hour, every hour during the night. And by three o'clock in the morning, his mother says, admit it, Andy, he's sick. So Andrew writes, I got right down there, stuck my finger in her face and said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I command you to shut up. I will not receive any of your criticism or any of your curses. My son is blessed and not cursed. And then I started to speak the word. Mother never said another word. And our son never got up again that night. He was just fine. But mother didn't say anything for two whole days. And we were together all the time in a car on vacation. I, I don't envy Jamie at that point. Finally, when she did speak, she cried, well, I'm sorry you think I'm the devil and started into this self-pity party. And I said, mother, you know enough to know better. I've told you the word of God. You know that stuff you were saying was exactly the opposite to the word. You'd just given yourself over to Satan. I'm not mad at you. I was just standing against the devil. He was trying to steal my faith for healing. So we might want to be a little bit more tactful or not. But let me tell you, it worked because Andrew knew that he wasn't just dealing with flesh and blood, but with the powers and the principalities. And what are they there for? They are there to strategically trip you up, to sabotage your faith, to steal your hope and to steal and kill and destroy. You need to be ruthless. What people think of you is not the important thing. Absolutely, we've got to care about feel people's feelings, but we don't have to care what they think of us. We have to think, where is this coming from? And if they want to avail themselves of the devil, that's their choice. They're welcome to make it, but we are going to stand up and say, this is what you will or won't do in my home or say about my children, etc. So there are going to always be boundaries that we need to put up in order to not allow the enemy to run amok in our business. So to wrap it up, whether we like it or not, there is a constant spiritual battle raging in our lives for our hearts and our minds. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Also, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks um, and guard your heart without, with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Everything people say is going to be affecting hearts. What we are thinking becomes what we say and do. We need to be intentional. And our actions are the greatest expression of our authority. We are influenced, dominated, and ruled by whoever we yield to, either God or Satan. And next week, I'm going to move on to our authority and our dominion. And I hope that helps you. Uh, bless you all, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes... We are healed. God bless you.